Hi, and welcome to the Live Beautifully podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Scott, and I have a very special guest with me today, Ellil Briscoe, ladies love Brian Scott. All right, we're going to start off like that. (laughs) Hi, everyone. He got that name for anyone that doesn't know this. Um, It was his screen name. Yeah, I didn't get the name. I kind of like named it. Oh, myself, you created it. Like you branded it yourself. Like a, it was a joke at the time just because like LL Cool J. I was like LL Briscoe. Let's just take the first three letters of the first and last name and here we go. Here we are. But ladies do love Briscoe. They you do. love me. I love Colette you. Colette loves me. And Bella loves me. You kind of manifested a whole yeah, exactly. life. Exactly. Being a girl dad. Yeah. We did an episode together with Lori and Chris, but aside from that, we actually haven't done an episode together because we've recorded a couple times. Um, one, our fertility journey, and the sound didn't work. The mm. sound guy screwed that one up <laughs> big time. He got then, fired. He's out of here. No. But and life's then, about second chances, so here we are. Yeah. I'm back. And then we also tried to record our birth story and couldn't get through it because it was that traumatic. So we are going to do those episodes. We promise you guys, but I feel like we are still, it's so hard to talk about your fertility journey and then to have to record again. After that, we were like, I mean, guys were like crying and then things were coming up that we hadn't really thought about in a while. And then when we figured out the sound was working, we we're like, Oh my God, we have to, we have to do that again. Do we have to do it? But we want to, because we want to make sure all the couples out there, you know, you don't feel alone in this and that we <clears throat> have been on this journey and we're here for all of you. So that is coming and the birth story, which was a lot of the questions that came in today. Well, I also think one other thing is that like it is interesting to get like the man's perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I will try to add in every birth story is, is unique. So, yeah, we are going to revisit that conversation. We'll do an entire episode on our um our fertility journey, and then also our um, our birth story with Colette, and then we'll. T- <laughs> That's like a weird noise. Just <laughs> okay, Brian found sound effects on this. the sound guy has been YouTubing tutorials. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't believe that's happening. Okay, we have to get through this because we have a sitter on a Sunday for just a little bit, and then. So we have one hour. We got to get through this. Um, And we are going to touch on our fertility a little bit. There's a lot of questions that you all asked. Thank you so, so much. All right. Before we get started, uh, Winnie has been part of our family for how many years? I feel like we... Seven to 10 years. Seven to 10. Brian's always like 20 years. And I'm like, no, I think it's seven. But he was our firstborn. He was our little baby. And he is named Winston. Um after what well, we call him Winnie after Lake Nipisaki, where Brian and I grew up going in New Hampshire every summer. And that's also where we got engaged and we care about him so much. And a lot of you check in and ask how he's doing. Uh, he's amazing. And it's so important that he stays healthy with us. And that includes what he eats. So eating processed foods for every meal isn't healthy for any of us. We know that. And kibble is actually subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making an ultra processed food. So we decided to give him something fresh, which is Farmer's Dog. Thank you so much, Farmer's Dog, for making today's episode possible. We love you guys. Um, longtime customers of Farmer's Dog. So real quick, a little bit about them. It's real food. 
So real food for your pets. It's real, fresh, healthy, with whole meat and vegetables, gently cooked in a human-grade kitchen to preserve its nutritional value. And it's also personalized. You just tell them about your dog, and they'll deliver personalized, vet-developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. It's also pre-portioned, and it's in ready-to-serve packs, conveniently delivered on your schedule. And dog parents all across the country have ordered millions of meals from the farmer's dog, and it's never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. You can get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash LBWKS, which is Live Beautifully with Katrina Scott. So thefarmersdog.com slash LBWKS. Um, I will put everything in the show notes, plus you get free shipping. So go to that link to get 50% off. Thank you again, Farmer's Dog. We love you. All right, we're going to get this AMA started. Uh, this question actually came up a couple times. And I love this. I feel like we've never even like talked about this ever, but, um, well, definitely not on the podcast because this is your first time here, but we actually haven't really talked about this a ton, even as a couple. And so I feel like just cause we know, because we've known each other for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this gal, actually a couple of people asked, um, similar questions. So how did your parents raise you both and what do you plan on passing to the girls. So like, what were the qualities of your parents? Obviously your parents are second parents to me. So I know them really well. And, and I see how they are even like the best parents to you guys. So, um, I would say, well, first off my brother and I, we grew up in New Hampshire. So that is like a very vast open plain of, you know, outdoor activities. (laughs) So I think like, instilling a sense of independence in us from like an early age was very important and uh you know i still think that that like you know fosters itself like in in our personalities today um you know we could just run outside and everything was safe and they would encourage us to kind of go out and build things and um you know go down catch frogs like they would no matter what time of day it was how hot cold or (laughs) rainy If Mike and I, my brother, we would be like, we want to go catch frogs. My mom would be like, okay, we're going to catch (laughs) frogs. And she would obviously accompany us. Um, But I think instilling a sense of independence. So like, you know, not feeling like you're being watched and you can kind of develop freely was a big part of uh, growing up. And I do still think that's a big part of who I am today. Also, just encouraging us to pursue whatever interests uh, of the or flavor of the month uh, is hot. Man, I was <laughs> crazy about reptiles. I was crazy about snakes, dinosaurs, and I was like a, a sponge. And my parents would always give me all the resources I needed, whether it was books or trips to the local pet shop and like meeting scientists and stuff and like bringing them to school to like teach other kids about my interests. They just did such a good job with with that. So that's two things, independence and just like always supporting our interests was really important, I think. We always did really well in school. Like we actually, you know, took it pretty seriously, but it wasn't because we were being pressured to do it. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. We took pride in, you know, you know, doing our best at whatever it was we were doing, school, athletics, um, hobbies, whatever the secret sauce was from my parents. Like it always just instilled the drive to be our best at whatever we were doing kind of that day. And yeah, I think that that's really important. 
to instill in your in your children for sure Mm -hmm. and that's something i definitely we definitely will um, instill in colette and bella that's so great about your parents is like they gave you a lot of creative freedom academic freedom um freedom to have your own identity especially as two brothers which now we have two girls and i think about that all the time and they just really honor you both so much and and they still give you so much freedom to be the people that you are today and they're still amazing parents that still continues today and i think it's really really great so shout out to shout out to pam and gary (laughs) uh i feel like my parents did a lot of the same where they really showed us they were really good examples of love and so we grew up in a really loving household and they really encouraged uh, my brother and I to, you know, discover what we liked. There was no pressure, kind of like what Brian was saying, to be or do anything that didn't feel natural. Like it wasn't like they were pressuring us to do what they did or anything. And that that allowed us to really figure out who we were. And then I do think something, and I think about this all the time, is that they provided a safe place where we could go to them when we made mistakes. And I really want to emulate that as parents where we made mistakes all the time and we felt safe telling our parents about those mistakes. And sometimes we even got grounded and disciplined because of something that happened, but that was part of it. And we never wanted to like hide something from them. We never feared anything. And even if it was like, like a speeding ticket. Like we obviously would show it to our parents and then our license would get taken away longer by them. I'm like, I, yes, I got a speeding ticket. Um, I was trying to rush to school. What'd you get Um, grounded for? uh, Oh, being out past curfew. So we had curfews. Like we had rules, which I think is also really important. But the other thing is uh, work ethic. So seeing my parents' work ethic, I was like, I want to obviously work hard and and I want to find something that really drives me and that I enjoy and my parents really enjoyed what they did and they still enjoy what they do. Um, my mom is a really, really talented seamstress and then my dad was a salesman, which I feel like even though he's retired, he's still actively doing so much, but he really loves his work and I saw them enjoy it that I I wanted that as well. But I had a job from the age, we both got jobs when we were 15. And if we wanted a car, then we had to earn the car. If we wanted gas, we paid for our own gas and waiting tables. You know, I worked a part-time job all through college, even on a full schedule, like a full-time student. <clears throat> That's another thing that Ken and I have also talked about is you know, at some point, hopefully in Colette and Bella's life, they have an opportunity to actually be in like a service position, like mm. being a, um, a server at a restaurant. Like yeah. Kat and I both did that. And you really get a good understanding, like full circle of like customer service in conflict resolution and like mm-hmm. thinking on your feet and um, the value of a dollar like that you cannot like unlearn and you take those lessons, I think, you know, into your first professional job, like once you graduate or move on to whatever it is next. Um, but I do think that serving people is a very important skill set to kind of hone in on and always be sharpening. Yeah, totally. 
And even when I was working, if I was like out at a birthday party with my friends the night before or something, no matter how late it was, I still had to go to work the next day. Like learning consequences. Still like that. We're out partying, (laughs) going crazy. (laughs) Got to wake up and feed the babies. Up every two hours. Um, But I think that that was also something, and I reflect on that all the time where I'm like, wow, I feel like life lessons in New Hampshire, even with both sets for our parents, were, were early on. And that was because they really encouraged us. It wasn't like we had to work. It's like, hey, you get to work now. You're 15. Hey, you're 16 now. You get to drive and you get to drive yourself to work. But, but also in New Hampshire, <laughs> things are like pretty spread out. So yeah. like you can't really have a life if you can't like be mobile. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it's very important in New Hampshire for like a 15, 16 year old to kind of have a car or a, a way to get around or a friend who has mm-hmm. has one uh, my first job was at red's shoe barn as a <laughs> shoe salesman what was yours um i worked at cvs and then i worked at gnc cvs was like short-lived i feel like that was probably like a year and then gnc was a few years and then overlapped with margaritas and then i worked at margaritas probably for four years of college plus two in high school yeah, I did the, Six years of the, the shoe barn and then I did, I loved doing landscaping. Like oh, I as, did that too. It's like backbreaking as it is. I actually <laughs> like it because I'm good at it and you get to like visually see like, hey, it started out as nothing or a mess and it, you know, here's where we ended up. So yeah. the before and after was always rewarding. I feel like you love landscaping and you do that now and then I love, like, I wish that I could wait tables right now. That would be so Or be much a fun. florist. You, you like, oh, yeah. mention that all the time. Like, you just want a little flower shop. Yeah. You know what would be cute? If I opened, like, a breakfast place that was, like, a flower shop, and you can get your coffee and flowers, and then also, like, a bunch of tables that, like, you know, serving muffins and croissants, and just, maybe I'll do that. I don't know if, like, <laughs> a muffin and croissant restaurant would be good for uh, uh, us in general. <laughs> Because we'd eat them all. You know, at the end of the day, it's like, oh, we got a couple left. I'll just bring them once for dinner. We would Butter. totally do that. We would totally do that. And cakes. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm doing it. But something that also comes to mind that both of our parents did, which is really something to go back to the question that we want to pass on to our children, not only the, you know, consequences and working and, you know, finding something you love and no pressure to be somebody and things like that is that because we both have one other sibling is not comparing them. And so we just want to make sure, especially when we have two daughters is not comparing them against each other, but really like honoring them as two different people with two different identities. My parents did that really, really well with my brother and me. And that was really nice because they loved us so equally but in such a different way and then we never felt like I don't know there there was just not any competitiveness and I want to make sure especially with two like two girls that they just really feel like we honor them each my brother and I were definitely like indirectly competitive with one another though because like I was two years ahead of him and this is kind of funny actually like growing up in like grade school where you're you know my mom would wake up with us every single morning and she would quiz me on like multiplication tables or spelling tests and all this stuff and of course you know I'm sitting there and you know whatever grade it was and my brother's there too 
And I swear, because he was sitting next to me, he was learning the exact same stuff at the exact same time. <laughs> and like, he would be like finishing my like words for me. And he knew like nine times six is 54 before I did. And I'm like, what the hell is this? I got to up my game. Like my, you know, two year younger brother knows all the, the numbers and how to spell whatever. Um, but that was like a healthy, like fun, like pressure, I would say. Not I like pitting us against one another kind of like what we were saying too it's like it wasn't your mom being like oh look how smart your brother is and he's younger than you like it was the two of you who are both naturally competitive people like your your athletes or you were you're you're still an athlete actually honey um and your brother's definitely an athlete the the joke was i was a mathlete mathlete back in the day yeah they but you guys were then i forgot math almost all (laughs) together I'm now I'm the mathematician in the relationship. I'm like, this is the tip amount. I think that you guys were competitive with each other, like in a fun way, but your parents were never putting competitiveness on you and they never compared you and they still don't. And I think that that's so good. And my parents did that too. So shout out to Chris and Jane and Pam and Gary. And I just feel like how we're going to pass all this to our daughters is, you know, honoring their their identity, no pressure to do what we do, like finding what they love, letting them be exactly what they mm-hmm. discover, discovering their creativity. If they want to go discover all the things about frogs, like Brian's saying, we're not going to do the same thing that our parents did was like, all right, be back at, be uh, back yeah. at dinner. Once it's dark, yeah, come on back. <laughs> Those were different times, Whoa. like living in New Hampshire. Like Crazy. we would go out and climb trees. And then when the sun was down behind the trees and, you know, the um, rolling meadows, that's where we would always go. And they were like, oh, we got to run home. And we'd like literally run home. But, um, and well, yeah, I just think like consequences, rules that are, I would just say like, not even necessarily rules, but like, boundaries of the household like teaching them the boundaries are healthy early on is really important and you know that they're home at like a safe time then that they always have a safe place with us to come to and if they're in a tough situation that they can call on us even if there are consequences they still feel like we're a safe place to come to one other thing that i do think Mm -hmm. your parents are really good at Mm -hmm. is maintaining relationships with their like longtime friends and i know we're talking about like our kids friends like we're still like entering the phase of like bella like learning and meeting all these new things and going to new schools Mm -hmm. and, and whatnot and i think that um they're very good at having lifelong relationships and it yeah. takes a lot of work to do that. So I think we need to instill also the value of your friends and maintaining those friendships and that it does mm-hmm. take a little bit of work, but it's like a give and take sometimes, but uh, very important to maintain those relationships. That's so true. Cause like part of parenting is being their own person. Like I'm only thinking about like how they were well, parenting us. And that's what we want to obviously like make sure that they're just surrounded by friendly people yeah yeah caring people and i do think seeing our parents have friends and having their own life oh yeah and like going on date nights and things 
like seeing our parents love each other and love their friends and love their life was actually really, that's part of parenting. Too. I don't know how I'm going to feel about Bella going on any date nights, but uh. <laughs> no, her seeing us though. Well, last <laughs> night we were playing Barbies at the uh, dining room table and like Brian was the, you were like the grandma and I was the little girl and she was the parents and I was like, okay, where are you going mommy? And she's like, we're going on date night. And she had the, the Barbies like leave um, and go out on a date night. And it was like so cute. And then the baby was home with you, the grandma. <laughs> like it was like adorable. But okay, <clears throat> we just been that could have been an entire episode. Okay, I know that we just touched on this a little bit, but uh, someone asked, "What was it like growing up in New Hampshire?" I thought it was awesome. Mm -hmm. For a little kid, I think it's a fantastic place. Um, you've got all four seasons. And an adult, I miss it. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. But there's also like probably six months out of the year that I don't necessarily miss. <laughs> Sleet, slush, ice, chipping away at your car, you know, all that I good stuff. I miss it. It was like an excuse Man. to hibernate. But now you can <laughs> we can just go there if we uh, ever want to do that that stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a great place. And every once in a while, I even catch myself kind of thinking like, wow, like what would it be like if we were in New Hampshire right now with the girls and not yeah. in California or wherever? Um, but I, I thought it was great. And it instilled back to like that initial kind of question, a lot of independence, I would say, in, in me and my brother. I love New Hampshire so much. Um, say the word and let's go back. Uh, I think it was a really, really great place to be and... There's just really, really obviously just nice people, lots of land. My The lake, obviously. Yeah, Lake Winnipesaukee. Um, my commute to school every day, we'd drive past like so many different farms. And if we rode our bikes, one time I got sneezed on by a cow. <laughs> I showed up to school and I was in the bathroom trying to wipe like slime off of myself because it was like I was too wow. far, <laughs> far on the bike to get to school and I didn't want to be late. So... Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think I Colette, like Colette sneezed on me this morning, and I had the same experience. <laughs> same, same. Um, okay, I put this in order because it makes sense. But why did you guys move to California? I guess I'll take this one. Mm -hmm. So I was straight out of college, working in, basically as an inside salesperson, which in the real world just means I was calling people begging for, you know, appointments or to set up meetings for an actual outside sales rep. Um, and it turned out that I had a kind of a knack for it and very quickly into that journey, got a headhunter, literally like six months out of college, which is kind of unheard of, and got a, a job at a company at the time that was called Blade Logic and it was a tech company. It was very early on. It was based in Waltham, Mass, Massachusetts. And I was like the head of sales ops and I literally had not much experience, but long story short, had the opportunity to build an amazing team of actual inside sales guys. There were six or seven of them reporting to me at one point in time that went well. And then ultimately I got to move into an outside sales position and they said, Hey, Brian, like, where do you want to live in the United States? And the first words out of my mouth were Southern California. <laughs> and I think it was less than 30 days later, I was living in Manhattan Beach, California. 
and they paid to kind of move me out there. Mm -hmm. And that's another funny story is like how we ended up in Manhattan Beach of all places. Oh, yeah. You know, Kat and I are, are already together at this point. And she had to, I think, finish up, like tie up some loose ends with a lot of her clients. She had like, I feel like hundreds of them at the time. Well, so you I couldn't also, just get up and leave. I uh, also like I needed I couldn't just like rip the bandaid off either. I was like, OK, we're moving. This is what we both want. But I had sold a lot of personal training packages at the gym that I was working at. And of course, I could have just like given that to the gym or another trainer. But I just felt like a lot of loyalty to all the clients that had bought packages. And so I trained all of them out. And some of them were like 20 packs that I had just sold. So I stayed for a couple months. Yeah. And I also taught all my last classes. And then I was able to go, you know, final rounds of going to... Red Sox games because it was in the summer. And then once I trained all those packages, um, and then I moved out with you. And then it was like the month, it was like August, and it was beautiful. And Manhattan Beach, it was through a friend of a friend of a friend that told us to come here. Um, okay. Let me see here. Has Winston warmed up to having kids in the house? We, we have two dogs and we want to get pregnant. He loves it. Yeah. Like in addition to eating the farmer's dog, he's now got like an endless supply of like little crunchy munchies and you know, whatever the kids drop, he's very well fed, content, and he gets lots of hugs and gets his ears pulled a lot. I almost feel like I like if there's something on the floor like a cracker, I just know that he'll yeah, get just it. Leave it. He's like it's like a Roomba <laughs> that just kind of zooms around, but you gotta feed it food instead of electricity. <laughs> I do feel bad sometimes, especially postpartum. I feel like he didn't get as much love as he used to. But now I like consciously make sure to like give him as much love as possible. Like he's sitting in my lap for like an hour yesterday and I was like, oh, all right. Next question. What is the most important part of working together as partners? Encouragement. Love, obviously love first when we're working together, acknowledging each other. I think is really important. Thank yous go a really, really long way in any relationship. And then when you're working with your husband or your partner, whatever that is, you're in such a routine that sometimes you can forget to like literally look at your husband or your wife or your partner and say like, hey, thank you. Or if you had a long night working together or if one had a long night and the other one didn't and you say, hey, how are you doing? What can I do for you? Like, thank you. That goes a long way. So acknowledgement, love, um, sticking together through the highs and the lows and going through all those together and always being a team because even though, I mean, Brian and I have very separate jobs and everything that we do together, we go up together, we go down together and obviously just being really honest with each other and don't lose touch with your why, why you started together, why you wanted to, you know, work together as a couple and as a team and to always have truth and um and yeah always remember your purpose and go back to that because obviously it can get complicated you know after we're done dinner then we start working and even though we've recently been like let's not do that now we're back to working some of our late nights because there's some really fun things that we want to do for you guys and that does excite us so sometimes we do want to do that i think it's also important to value you know your spouse, your partner's perspectives. Like 
because even though Kat and I have been together for 20 years, like we do have different opinions and perspectives and experiences and viewpoints on certain mm-hmm. topics. And man, I can't tell you how many times I've actually been wrong and thought I was right and vice versa. And I think that it's just, you've got to have like that comfort level of being able to be wrong in front of someone and delicately kind of like led to the right decision. And I think that Kat does a fantastic job. Like when I'm on a line, she definitely does a good job delicately making me almost come to my own conclusion. I don't think you've ever been out of line. I Not think out of line, you know. Like, one of our very like early on things where you were like, oh, I think that we're, we were like making something. And then someone was, someone wrote in and I was like, well, I feel like my mom always said, no matter what business you're in, service business, customer service, um, waitressing, working at Red Shoe Barn, the customer is always right and kind of like what you just said, like honoring their experience. If a customer writes in and they're concerned, they're speaking on behalf of like a thousand people. And so as an empath too, that has been a little bit of my superpower where I can actually say, okay, how are they feeling? We obviously want to make them feel better. And really, I've just always wanted excellence and quality and beautiful experiences for anybody that were creating products or doing anything for anybody. And so Brian doing everything that he does, I'm like, no, 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 like let's listen to this. And then I think that that turns into a really good lesson for us. I think it's also important to be able to like practice the skill of like turning on and off like Mm -hmm. work. Um, And that was a lot harder to do. I'd say before we had kids um, because it was just two of us mm-hmm. and that probably was not necessarily the healthiest thing either. Like, I think we both probably could have improved on that. But now that we have literally two little beautiful young girls, like looking at us like 24 mm-hmm. seven, like you almost like want to jump into that off work off mode yeah. and jump into like, you know, I'm there for you. I'm attentive. And we are sitting on the floor with you rolling around doing whatever we were doing. <laughs> I think the ability to turn on and off like your work uh, situation is really important um, because your kids, they're not, they're not working. They want you to be a mom mm-hmm. and a dad and there for them. And it's, it's definitely something that takes work and practice, uh, but it's really, really important. And the older they get, the more important I think we're realizing it is to shut off work at the end of the day and be there for them. How has this postpartum period been different than with Bella so postpartum first child versus second I think it's just harder when you have two and we've had to instead of really being a team with one baby we've had to like divide and conquer and you know sometimes we in the middle of the night would pass each other in the hallway when I would be going to help our four four and a half year old and then you'd be helping Colette or this time was obviously C-section, so I couldn't get out of bed and I couldn't sit up out of bed. So you, I feel like, had to do a lot more moving around every two hours. Um, it was just a lot, and it's still a lot. The, the thing that's nice now is, like, for example, last night, they can both take a bath at the same time mm-hmm. instead of having to do, like, two separate ones. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you have to be twice as attentive as a parent with, like, two crazy little, um, you know, non-swimmers around. But... Um, yeah, to, to what Kat was saying, like you definitely have, 
have to get good at juggling and making like game time decisions quickly because uh, again, like your four-year-old, she needs you and so does your, your nine-month-old at the same time and neither of them is more important than the other. So again, you have to divide and conquer and shout out to all the single parents uh, out there too because mm-hmm. that's something that like Kat and I have never had to experience. Even when you travel and you're like, say you're in Arizona and I'm here by myself, I'm like, holy, <laughs> like it's crazy going from two parents helping to one. And so much respect to everybody out there that is doing this journey on their own because um, it is hard. It's all hard. Well, you know what we have too? Um, I interviewed Tori Simeon and our post together is on livebeautifully.com and we put together 10 things to talk to your couple about before having a baby. And so really, oh, talking to your partner. (laughs) Um, And it's, you know, how the nights are going to look because I think Brian and I were just like in shock at first. We were pretty quick to go back to work too. And then we got childcare four months in with having Bella because we had to go back to the office. And then this time we waited 10 months and now we have childcare and that's why we're able to do this right now. And we definitely had to wait longer. Um, just like financially, it's a lot when you get childcare, it's a lot to do anything when kids are expensive. (laughs) And so, um, we waited longer and we were also just soaking in more time with Colette. And so it's been different in almost every way. And then Colette's a completely different baby. Totally, totally different. (laughs) Like with, with Bella, you know, we obviously, because she was our first child, we childproofed the house thinking she was going to be going in all the drawers and sticking, you know, forks in the electrical outlets. Didn't do mm. any of that. Did, didn't, you know, bite stuff, didn't eat nothing in her mouth. And now mm-hmm. Colette is the absolute complete opposite. And she's going to be the one that's just like climbing up onto the countertops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's very curious, which again, we want to like, you know, support that curiosity. Mm-hmm. But man, we got to childproof the heck out of this place. Yeah. Her. She's definitely, she keeps us on our toes for sure. She's so cute, you guys. And one other thing with like, when you have your first child, like you don't really know like what sleep deprivation really is all about. But on the second one, you kind of know it's coming, but it's still bad, even though you know it's it's coming. Because again, mm-hmm. when you're, there's two of them now and, yeah. and they they don't care if you slept or not uh, yeah. when they wake up in the morning or at 2.30 in the morning. It's been worse this time. Like it just feels because we're older and it just I feel like it's been a lot harder to wake up in the middle of the night, especially when the adrenaline of having like a newborn is over when you're like six months in. And then I, we just slept through the night for the very first time recently. And it was like, whoa. And then your bot, both of our necks were kinked. <laughs> we're like, it's because we slept in one position for too long. Our bodies were like. We like woke up in the morning, like looking at each other sideways and just sort of nodded. I was like, my neck hurts. He was like, mine too. I was like, I think it's because we slept. Like our bodies didn't know what to do. They rejected it. Like, what is this? We it's hard. Horizontal for too many hours. Yeah. Something. For anyone that's going to be parents or if you're in if you're in it right now, no matter what you're going through, actually, no matter what phase it is, everything is so temporary, though, and you will sleep again. You will have energy again. You will see the other side. This, too, shall pass. And so if you're in it right now, I I promise you it just I don't even know if it gets easier, it just gets different. Every phase of life is just different. And it's just how 
you handle things. Like last night at 3 a.m., uh, Bella crawled into bed with us and she wanted a bowl of Cheerios. And so she was eating Cheerios in the dark in between us in bed. And we, I was where I was just like, we were cracking up because it was like just like a little monster. Yeah, it sounded bed. like a little billy goat, like, you know, at the petting zoo, <laughs> just kind of munching away, a handful of Cheerios at a time. And she's like, can I have my sparkling water, please? And I would like reach for it in the dark and give it to her. And, <laughs> and then she fell asleep. Yeah, shout face. out to Spindrift because Bella oh, yeah. drinks about eight of those, well, about <laughs> half of eight of those a day. She leaves them around the house and we just, Kat and I were like, mm. just drink that. Mm. Speaking of, oh, this cool. is not sponsored, but it should be. Spindrift. It would be the best partnership because we love you. <laughs> Bubbly. Is that loud? Um, okay. What do you guys do on date nights? <laughs> so that's funny. The last time we tried going on a date night was on one of the nights when it was like raining sideways here in Southern California. So we're pumped. We're getting ready to go out to, to a dinner. I pulled all sorts of strings to get this reservation. And literally as we're walking out the door, water starts pouring out of like one of the recessed lights in Colette's bedroom. Like I'm, t I'm not exaggerating, pouring out. So mm -hmm. unfortunately it's happened before. So what you do in that situation is you kind of give the water a place to go. So you rip the ceiling out and then mm -hmm. uh, you proceed to take the crib apart and you put the crib in your own bedroom and the kid that you spent so much time sleep training for like the last few months reverts back and is now in your bedroom just keeping you and herself awake for like five days on end. That was the last date night. That, that was the it last was actually night. consisted of uh, takeout pizza yeah. to the house. We had reservations and then I tried calling the restaurant so many times to try to cancel because we weren't going and I felt so bad, especially that's another thing. When you're in the service business, then you you know what it's like on the other side of that. And I couldn't get through to them and I felt so bad thinking that they had this like table for two reserved for us. And then meanwhile, our, our ceiling was caving in and I'm like, they need to know we're not coming. Um, but we, we should uh, upload a video of the actual leak yes. in the show notes just yeah. so you guys can see. Like there was, was water stressful. coming out of the door locks. Like it was yeah. like, it was like <laughs> out of the movie, the money pit with yeah. like Tom Hanks. It was very entertaining when you look back. Yeah. On it. But we figured out that it's actually just the slider door upstairs. So it's it, easy-ish fix but it was that's another i was like does homeowners insurance cover this it's like so no. scary um but back to the question like what do, what we, do we do on date nights, on date nights? we kind of just started dating i feel like it's been a while but we just went to uh fishing with dynamite Ooh. in manhattan beach also i'll give joey the restaurant joey a shout out um because that's the restaurant that i couldn't get a hold of after we couldn't go so go send them some love too Fishing with Dynamite was amazing. Yeah, and we pulled uh, another move that Kat's parents always do. Is like, if you can't get a reservation, literally, I, I, we pulled up, and they're like, it's going to be two and a half hours wait. And then I look over, and there's two seats open at the bar. Boom. Belly up. Mm -hmm. Had an amazing time. Uh, service was awesome. And uh, what was that thing we got for dessert? That was so good. Key lime pie. Oh, yeah. So good. And then we got another one yeah. and dropped it off at our neighbors. See, that's why we can't have a, uh, a muffin and croissant bakery. <laughs> yeah, That's like Atomic Habits. If you guys haven't read that, that's I just finished it. And it's like, if you can't resist a temptation of something, just like don't have it around. And if we had key lime pie in the house, we would just eat it. That's but I can't resist. Eat. Like, I can't have you in the house because you're so tempting. Like, I... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, well, that actually leads us to the next question. How do you keep your relationship spicy after 20 years? See, back to spicy. You know, what, <laughs> um, I mean, you're cute. You just like before we came down here, you like kind of flirted with me and tapped me in the butt and gave me a kiss. Yeah, you got to do that. There's, you know, so nice. also it helps, you know, since you're walking around the house in like a sports bra and it's, <laughs> okay. you know, it's good. I think flirting, I think um, oh, okay. giving each other a hug, like sometimes when Brian's just like making coffee, I'll walk up to him and give him a hug in the morning. Tap um, me on the booty. <laughs> booty tap. Um, I also think like just a sense of humor and like just like joking around is like a way to kind of flirt in general and mm -hmm. we do a pretty good job of that <laughs> and yeah I, I don't know like also just back to again having kids like you have to make the most of the time that you've kind of got mm -hmm. um, so from let's call it six in the morning all the way through to 9 p.m. there are usually one to two other people kind of observing us. So that's another thing is that, you know, can I always try to make sure we're putting, you know, we are being, we're hugging each other and we're smiling. We're giving each other kisses because, you know, we want to set an example of, you know, what a loving relationship not only feels like, but also kind of looks like in a, in a sense for them. Oh, when we um, dance in the kitchen, oh yeah, like Bella joins us. Oh yeah. And Colette now like watches us, but that's what we also do is that we dance and we kind of just grab each other. Good song. We do that a lot in Arizona. But, and the other thing about that, like your parent or your kids watching you love each other. I saw this thing the other day that was just like, it's just as important if your kids, if you have like a serious conversation with each other and your kids are watching you for them to see you resolve yeah. it. <clears throat> and so it's inevitable. Your kids are going to see you get into an argument or one of you is going to be really irritable after a horrible day at work or something. And you're going to say the wrong thing to your partner and you're going to have a little back and forth. If your kids do see that to resolve it and your kids seeing you apologize to each other is massive, you guys. So being like, I'm sorry, I just said that. And then giving a hug. And it's more important than ever now as a couple that Brian and I resolve things really quickly, um, especially if the girls are watching. But Bella, Bella will like see us if we have like a little toot. And like life is stressful. Like our ceiling was caving in. And we, of course, missed our date night. But one of us had to be like I, I stayed pretty like calm, cool and collected in that. And I was like kind of whatever. And like obviously you had to go into fight or flight and make sure that a house doesn't <laughs> fall through like it was bad like <laughs> it, at one point i went down into the garage to get i don't know some sort of drill or a saw and i look at the ceiling in the in our first floor we have a three floor house and the water is literally coming through that ceiling so <laughs> it was literally traveling like from the in, the roof of the house yeah. all the way through to the basement and i just was and like, i was recording bella because bella was being hilarious she was wearing a helmet because of course the the drywall and she was naked wearing a helmet and going it's okay colette um your room is a pool now you have a pool in your room and like brian's all serious i'm like trying to get a hold of the restaurant but also like filming bella thinking it's hilarious he's like you guys need to get out of here i'm like handing him buckets like i just think that you can play two different parts in different situations too where if one is really taking over on like a serious matter that you can keep it a little lighthearted or something. 
Also, yeah. the other day you wrote "Miss Your Bod" in red lipstick on on the vanity uh, mirror, and I was like, "That's how we're keeping it spicy." That wasn't Thanks for me. That, I don't oh. know what you're talking about. Uh, never mind. <laughs> weird. How did you even do that sound? Um, okay, how to keep it spicy? That wow, we went on like so many different things, but um, and then also, I just feel like I made bed. Like sometimes I get into, especially after losing so much sleep, we just kind of like wake up and go into the day. And lately I've been trying to like make the bed and I feel like having like a nice made bed makes it like more inviting for other things to happen. Man, I do not think the way you think. Like a made bed turns a cat on, guys. Wow. Okay. No, it just feels like very inviting like at the end of the day versus like, Wow, it's just the way we left it. And last night was like rough being up all night. Literally, I'm like, okay, there's a big pile of Cheerios on the bed. Probably not the (laughs) spiciest situation. Um, The other day there was like syrup. I need to like stop letting her eat in bed. But like she was eating like. That's one thing. Also, just back to like parent or whatever. (laughs) I never in my life until I knew you ate anything (laughs) in my bed. (laughs) Like ever. Yeah, but, like, there's nothing better than, like, a little late-night snack. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Just, um, You're watching, like, a movie in bed. He's fuck, like, maybe, like, popcorn, popcorn, but not, like, pancakes and you've, syrup? You've brought in, like, El Tarasco in our bedroom. Like, do not eat that in here right All right, now. like, if you are, like, a nine and a half out of ten hungover, <laughs> you can eat in your bed, okay? Fine. But. It is pretty gross to eat in your bed. Yeah. Um, all right. A couple more questions. Your secrets to a 20 year relationship. We'll definitely do a whole episode on this, but really quick answer. I don't know. Yeah. Find someone (laughs) 20 years ago and hold on for the ride. (laughs) I'm trying to think about like one thing, but it's like so many things. Um, just a really genuine love and care. we, We get asked this a lot, but I, I do think that if you're going to successfully be in any long-term relationship, like they always say like, Oh, you can't you know, teach an old dog new tricks, but like literally people, people change. <laughs> I would say an old dog. No. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, the farmer's dog. No. Um, <laughs> no. Anyway. Oh, look at oh. you go. Oh, uh-oh. oh, what did I try? Right. Now cats pushing all the buttons. Um, <laughs> There we go. Um, Wait, it's still going. (laughs) (laughs) That was a long one. So just accept the fact that your partner will not learn new tricks. Is that what you're saying to me? I've taught you a ton of tricks. (laughs) Grow together. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes, but also like (laughs) we are not the same people we were 20 Mm -hmm. years ago. That's where I was trying like to go with it. the opposite of like the meaning behind you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Like, <laughs> no, it means the dog because <laughs> it's your dog. No. Okay. All right. We're going to move forward. Jeez. But like we will do a whole episode when we hit 20 oh, years knowing each other. Oh <laughs> my boy. cheeks hurt. Oh, my God. Someone said, I miss your lives. Thanks for doing those during such a weird time in the world. Not a question, but I just thought that was really nice. Thanks. 
Yeah, uh, thanks. I think both of us enjoy doing live format mm-hmm. stuff. The structure of like rehearsed, I'm not good with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. We had a, a, a really good time doing those lives. And we've shared this before is that we were going through so much. It was a weird time for the whole world. And then our little world here, like we were going through a lot of our fertility stuff and miscarriages. So I think that it really gave us... Um, something to look forward to. So thank you all for uh, being there because you didn't even realize how much we needed you guys. Like every single time that we shared anything, we were sharing it for for you at home and for everyone going through tough times and then also for our little angels that went to heaven. So I think, um, thank goodness we had that and thank goodness we had, we had all of you. So thanks. Um, okay, one more question. How do you show up for each other each day? I thought that was like such a cute question. You usually make me coffee to start the day, which is really well, nice. One thing that we've been doing pretty well lately is depending on who had the longer night with Colette, mm. like we always let the other one sleep in, in quotes, sleep in. That's a um, good love language, to sleep. Yeah. Give each other sleep. Like, wow, if you get an extra hour of sleep that you weren't expecting, like that's that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. So you do that for me all the time. I've been trying to do that for you uh, I was up for an hour and a half last night with Bella <clears throat> from 3 to 4.30 with the whole Cheerios thing, and you let me sleep in. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's, that's one way to start the day is like if you can kind of just give a couple minutes back of shut-eye, that's, that's huge. Uh, and also just little simple things like we have a pretty basic morning routine or used to, which involve basically just, you know, a cup of coffee, chilling out, probably um, checking in on a couple of things. But chilling now out. it's a battle in the morning. You know, Bella wants to wear basically a Cinderella ball gown um, every day to school. Well, all the girls in class are like very much into Disney princesses. So they're all like planning to come the next day, like dressed like <laughs> Yes. And then like once we we kind of like come to an agreement on what size dress she is wearing, then it's either some sort of like negotiation on shoes (laughs) or combing or brushing her hair. Those are triggering for, you know, a four year old apparently every single day. We're trying to do the whole gentle parenting, conscious parenting where you know, it's like, do you want to brush your hair with this brush or this brush? Making sure it's her choice and having like routine that she can look forward to, but it's her choice. And then giving her creative freedom to be able to wear what she wants, but then she can't wear like these huge things that she can't run around on the playground in. Like it is hard and it actually takes a lot longer in the morning because we are so patient. It would be a lot faster. I feel like if we were like, you're doing this, you're doing this and kind of barking orders and putting her in the car. But like, <laughs> I, I kind of like laugh. It's almost every day this happens that, you know, as I'm pulling away in the car and cats like walking back to the garage after stuffing, you know, a child into the seat. Stuffing we, sounds it, terrible. You eat stuffing in bed. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> you guys, we don't stuff her in there, but like maybe she's wearing like a dress. Yes. Uh, I'm using, uh, yeah. Some hugs and kisses. Il- illustrative words. Hugs and kisses. But the moment that I always <laughs> just laugh about is when like you're walking back into the garage and I'm looking at you and you turn around and we both kind of like just have a blank like staring her eyes looking into each other's eyes like oh wow it's so you need to decompress after you've taken 
any child to school. Like it is because, and I also don't want to like her to ever feel like she's being forced to go somewhere. So I want it to be her idea. It's a lot. It's a lot. But um, the question was like, how do you guys show up for each other every day? And we got into that. I think just, you know, juggling, kind of passing the torch a lot too with parenting. Um, But then showing up for each other, being like, hey, do you need to go for a walk or what do you need today? I think feeding each other is a a way to Mm -hmm. show up for each other. So I'd probably make dinner for all of us every single night, but you do well like in the morning because you love your eggs and toast Mm -hmm. and you always make me a little plate no matter what. But just little gestures like that. Um, So if you can sort of take over a little element of the other's morning routine, Mm -hmm. it goes a long way. Some of the most underrated things for couples are forehead kisses, random hugs, and just checking in and saying, how are you today? And then just genuinely caring about the mental health of your partner in the house that you guys are literally growing and fostering together. Those things go such a long way in a marriage and a 20-year relationship is just checking in with each other and really, really caring about what each other's unique experiences are in this life together. And you do a really good job. I love you so much, honey. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, let's do this more often. Brian's getting over a sickness right now, but he still came on. Okay, now we get to go upstairs and play on the floor with both of our girls and Some of you actually, a lot of the questions were like, what does your daily routine look like? And things like that. And just feel like our days look so normal, like normal and like a, like as normal as you can imagine, like the morning routines, the working together, the leaky ceiling, and then the chaos of bedtime and one thing that I, I, that's new as of last night is mm. finally Colette's big enough so we can actually put her in the little like clip on oh, um, yeah. high chair uh, on the, the dining room table. So she can actually eat with us. And one of the things we've been talking, we always say is mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we can always sit down as a family um, and eat wow. together and like make that something that, you know, they'll talk about with their kids someday. And back to uh, coming full, very, full circle yeah. to that first thing, like about our parents, you know, they did also a really good job making sure we always, yours and mine, yeah. always sat down regardless of what was happening in our lives, their lives, um, whether it was a set time or not. But we always ate dinner together, kind of talked about what happened that day, what are we mm. preparing for tomorrow, and you sort of like set your intentions or just like decompress, you know, by sort of sharing or not sharing what happened yeah. that day. I can't believe neither of us mentioned that in the first question, but that is so true is we always sat together as a family. And then now that we have cell phones, I think a big goal will be like no phones, no iPad, nothing. Because thinking back like 30, 40 years ago, that would have been like blasting the TV at the family dinner. But like we never watched TV while we're eating dinner as a family. We talked about our day. We talked about the tough times. That's actually something else that we do talk to Bella about. We're like, what was the hard part of your day? And then she shares. And like, how did you get through it? And even if she's still upset about it, like we're here with you um, and acknowledging that. And then also like, what was the best part of your day? And I think we should continue that until forever, until I could cry thinking about them not 
being at the dinner table with us anymore. They're off on their own journey, but it'll be really exciting. And then you and I can go on all the dates and belly up to the bar like Chris and Jane and Pam and Gary. <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah. But sit together at the end of the day, have dinner together, pray together, love together, grow together, all of it. Love you guys. Thanks, honey. Bye. <laughs> Till next time. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Live Beautifully today. I hope you loved this episode and that you feel empowered, connected, and of course, inspired to live beautifully. Make sure you subscribe so you're the first to know when a new episode comes out. I love seeing your reviews and hearing how this podcast is making a positive impact on your life. So if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to leave a review. I read everything from you and it means the absolute world to me. I'll be sharing your reviews and stories on Instagram at Katrina Scott. Also for Ask Me Anything episodes, literally anything, text me on my cell at 213-205-3604. 213-205-3604 with anything you'd like to talk about. Title your text AMA for Ask Me Anything so I can look out for your message. Thanks again for tuning in and sharing this with your girlfriends. I cannot wait to chat soon. Let's live beautifully together.